Antetokounmpo. Defended by Thomas. Time winding down. Antetokounmpo on the feint. It's good! At the buzzer! Two second. Middleton. Yes! Chris Middleton! Happy birthday, Jason Kidd. This place is up for grabs. Good work defending around the rim. Just taking up space. Giannis. Yes! Oh, my goodness. I'm with you. So we just gonna go out there and play basketball and win. And win? Yeah. How many games? Six. We're gonna be we're gonna win the six. This is the Cream City Cast. How's it going, everybody? And welcome to another edition of the Cream City Cast. I am your host, Dylan Piccolo, and I'm joined with a little bit of change in the starting lineup tonight. Um we got two Guys that are running their own respective colleges, uh, papers, uh, news, uh, sports. So we got Tyler Job from Whitewater and Nick Osen, who's been on from the Badgers podcast from Madison. Fellas, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good, Dylan. How about you? Not too bad. A pretty good Bucks victory and a pretty good day overall uh, for the Bucks yesterday. Um, we have a, some new shakeup in the All-Stars, and Nick, I'll start with you. Chris Middleton, an All-Star, his first one. Give me your initial thoughts. Very well-deserved, Dylan. Um, I, think, I think it's awesome for him after you know he's worked so hard throughout his career, obviously for the Bucks organization with the best team in the league right now, record-wise, stats-wise, they deserved at least two. I think that he was actually more deserving last year, so I think this should be his second. And if we're going to get picky, I think they maybe even deserve three with Bledsoe, but very happy for Middleton. I mean, especially as a two-way player, putting up about 17.5 points per game. He's gotten out of that shooting slump he was in. He made things really tough on Kawhi, uh, made some things tough for Harden when they played, and I think he definitely deserves it, Dylan. It's great to see for Chris and for the Bucks organization. Chris is averaging, if you I mean if you really break it down and you look at his per 36 numbers, he's averaging career highs in points, rebounds, and assists. Giannis has said many times that Chris has been the biggest has made the biggest sacrifice for this team to be successful. And you've seen it throughout their play. I mean, Tyler, I mean, you look at what he did yesterday against Kawhi specifically. Yeah, he was maybe the biggest key to that team winning because of what he did defensively. It was definitely one of the biggest uh, aspects of that team winning yesterday. Um, he sh- he went seven to nine from the field, so uh, it was tough for Toronto to stop him. He shot the ball uh, spectacularly well. Uh, DJ Wilson too also played a big role in that victory, and he honestly did his thing toward uh, down the stretch. But uh, yeah, Chris Middleton. Um, just like you said, Nick, he is well deserved. He's been underrated his uh, most of his career. Um, you make an interesting interesting point that he should have he would have been more deserving last year. Yeah, but he he's averaging slightly less points this year. But I feel like that's because we have more of a deeper team than we did at this point last year. But yeah, either way, uh, Chris Middleton, talented guy, um, definitely a guy that the Bucks should look forward to resigning to, and overall is just a good All Star selection in my opinion. I thought his comments after the game were pretty telling when he said, you know, he talked about how much the market size doesn't matter to him. 
he mm-hmm. loves and like he talks about it with Giannis, you know. They they love what they have going on here. And when you have that type of camaraderie and you know, him saying that makes me think, all right, well, if he's on board for this thing, maybe he's not gonna take, you know, he's not gonna expect such a high salary. Uh, you know, obviously he deserves to get his, um, but maybe it can be sort of backloaded uh in that sense. But I don't know. I, I think he's well-deserving um, of the honor. I, I think, Nick, you know, you said about Bledsoe. I agree. I think Bledsoe, he's, he's been fantastic. I saw he's been the, I think it was the, he's been the second best fourth quarter, fourth quarter player in net rating uh, in the entire NBA. Um, the Bucks are actually first, second, and third in that with Middleton, Bledsoe, and Giannis. Um, so, you know, they have guys that play well in the best spots and they play as a team. So it's kind of the, the best thing. And also the biggest games, which is something that you have to really like and admire about this Bucks team. I mean, I think that teams like the Raptors are, you know, pretty close in overall talent and depth. But it's like it takes some of these other teams like two and a half, three quarters to show up, whereas – the Bucks obviously shine in the second half, but they are able to, with their length, depth, and just overall chemistry at this point, bring it throughout the entire game. And I think finally, with more of these national TV appearances, like people, you know, on NBA Twitter and national media are starting to get to that point. Whereas you look at literally all of the metrics, and Bucks are right up there in just about every single one, including the most important wins. And even net rating. Yeah, and also I'd like to add, um, just what's different about this team compared to previous years past is this team can turn it on at any moment of the game. Um, especially you saw, for example, against Charlotte just about a week ago. They were playing back and forth, pretty lousy basketball the first three quarters. What happened in the fourth? They just turned it on on defense with a snap of a finger, and they just destroyed the Hornets in the fourth quarter, and, and which led to a victory. So um, this team can. They can really turn it on at any moment, and they do uh, play especially well down the stretch. And they did that yesterday, too. Giannis was in foul trouble. He was out most of the fourth quarter. The Bucks maintained the, the Raptors' run, and then Giannis came back in, and then they took care of the rest. So it's it's pretty impressive what this team can do at different points of the game. And like you said, the advanced metrics really speak for themselves. I mean, the Bucks right now are first in defensive rating and sixth in offensive rating with the number one net rating, uh, like Nick said, in the NBA. Uh, and that kind of held true, and I think it's what really got Mike Budenholzer to be uh, the all-star head coach for Team Giannis, pairing the two Bucks together. And I could only imagine that Giannis on uh, the draft night, I believe it's on the third, uh, is going to – draft Chris Middleton and all three of them will be together. Um, Nick, talk a little bit of just about Budenholzer and, you know, how he's really changed this team. I mean, obviously it's night and day from Jason Kidd, but more of like kind of an overall culture change. Talk a little bit about that for me. I mean, sincerely, I loved the hire initially, but I did not expect this much of a change this quickly. I mean, Obviously, Kid had the general IQ of the game, but that seems to be all you can really give him when you see what this coach in Budenholzer has done with most of the same guys. I mean, his offense, beautiful in spacing the floor, yet giving Giannis 
the ability to do what he needs to do. His defense, so much improved with so much of the same personnel. I think you have to factor in how he's brought in and used Brooke Lopez. I think he's been incredibly underrated. And I think Budenholzer, he put in his system, and then he trusts his guys to do what they need to do. And they're all so focused, whether it's because they're so determined to finally get that playoff series, get over the hump, get the necessary attention they need. And, I mean, I think he's very deserving, obviously, to be the head coaching spot. And he's been one of the biggest acquisitions in all of the league, and that includes players and guys like LeBron James going to new teams. Kawhi Leonard, Budenholzer has been so big and has honestly helped reshape the image of the Eastern Conference and the NBA. I would argue that if you could say the Bucks, what they did with Budenholzer and Lopez, because I don't think that they would be the same with if you took one of them away from that situation. If you talk about those two guys, I honestly think they made the if in terms of impact here, they made the same impact as LeBron going to LA. I mean, really, if you think about it, you create you made you jumped yourself a tier. That's what LeBron does. LeBron jumped you a whole nother tier to that championship group, and now the Bucks jumped to that group. So in terms of impact, I mean Budenholzer really does it. Yeah, I mean if if you're talking like straight basketball reasons, obviously then I would completely agree because Budenholzer with the obvious offensive-defensive systems and the culture change and Lopez, I mean, I don't know how that acquisition went so, you know, kind of unseen under the radar, but this offense wouldn't be where he is. It wouldn't be spacing the floor like it does. Mm -hmm. And his defense, he's top five in blocks, which is very impressive for a guy of his caliber. Mm -hmm. So... We will move on to the Bucks' actual game against the Raptors. Um, so the Bucks won one hundred five to ninety two. The Raptors came back pretty well in the fourth quarter, uh, pr- bringing it actually pretty close. Um, I think within six points at one point. Um, how about the Bucks team? Three separate times the Raptors came back, and sometimes with Giannis, sometimes without Giannis, they held him off, and you know they got the victory. Uh, yeah, just very impressive. Um, our lead was as big as twenty-four points at one point in the third quarter. Um, we really caught fire at that point, and but then you know Giannis gets in foul trouble early in the fourth quarter on that foul on Siakam, and then he has to sit out. Everyone was thinking, I mean, I was watching the game with my roommates, and I was like, oh, no, we're probably going to lose now. Giannis is out. He's, we're probably just going to lose because he's out because of foul trouble. Well, very impressively, the Bucks just held their ground. They didn't panic. They played excellent defense down the stretch, especially on Kawhi Leonard. And before he knew it, Giannis came back in, and he helped uh, carry the team down the stretch. That block on Kawhi was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I think that's the best defensive play the Bucks has made all year. I was just going to speak on that, Tyler. You're right. Yeah. It, excuse me, it got, you know, too close for comfort, honestly. It did. Down yeah. to six with about, I think, like 210 left. Mm-hmm. Kawhi gets the, yeah, the transition. It looks like he's going to score in the break. I think Middleton or somebody had the initial contest. I think it was Giannis, Lopez. I think it was Lopez. Lopez and then yeah, Lopez. Giannis finished it off, and it was like right there. You're like, okay, 
Giannis is back. Raptors are a good team. They had their run. But the Bucs are going to close this out as they've been so good all year. I mean, that's a thing, too, because I just I know from being at some games the last couple of years, even against lackluster teams like the Knicks and even the Bulls, the Bucs couldn't always close. And now, even when they're not scoring as much in spurts like they did against, you know, in the, the Raptors defense early fourth quarter, they've got the defense on the other side even off the bench, too, with guys like yeah. Sterling Brown, Tony Snell, up-and-coming up DJ Wilson. And just as a pure basketball fan, it's incredible to see what they're doing in Milwaukee right now. Yeah. And I think if you look at what was most stood out to me at the end, I thought that the way the refs were calling Giannis when he had five fouls is how he should be getting the calls most of the game. Because <laughs> defensively he does a lot of things where he doesn't really foul the guy, but they call it a lot. Um, yeah, they do. The, on, the only thing that he really does, I think that he needs to change is the charges because he's out of control, like uh, probably at least two or three times a game where he's going to get a charge and that can really hurt you. And it could hurt you in the playoffs. I mean, Boston Marcus smart. I mean, they're going to flop. There's a, probably a guy on each team like we have Ursan. there's a guy on each team that's gonna flop and when you get to the playoffs you can't be taking those cheap fouls um so i think maybe you know Giannis obviously has to learn to play with his whistle albeit an inconsistent whistle that he does get um but chris middleton made a lot of big shots when he needed to he showed us he's an all-star it was his night last night i mean as much as Giannis was the leading scorer chris middleton was it was chris middleton's night last night he was big well, and I touched on it earlier, but I'm not sure I've seen really anyone in the league make it so difficult for Kawhi to even gain a foot of traction within 8 to 10 feet around the hoop. I mean, Middleton was locked down on him. And I, I will say, obviously Kawhi's the best player on that team, but when they're playing the Bucks, it always seems like Siakam because yes, I absolutely. believe he had his career high. Yep, Siakam and Serge. Yeah. Yeah, Serge, consistent, but then Siakam, he was their go-to. He was striking up the run, and while we're talking about the Raptors players, Bucks also shut down Lowry. Mm -hmm. He has looked terrible in the last two games they've played against the Bucks, especially with his shooting percentage. Yeah, I, I think the three that Kyle Lowry made last night was the only three he made against the Bucks all season long. He was oh, one of 19, I one believe. One of 19, so yeah. Obviously, so the Bucks obviously held... Kyle, Kyle Lowry down in check. And you made a good point about uh, Siakam because it's just, he's a Bucks killer. I don't know why, but every time that Siakam faces the Bucks, he just goes off while going against other teams. He, I mean, he's average, maybe a little more than average, but he always plays great against the Bucks. I don't know why. But on Serge Ibaka, we held him down in check too last night. I think we held him to only four or 15 shooting. He did make a three pointer. So good good on the Bucks part for doing that. Serge Ibaka, known Bucks killer. So, it was really Siakam they had to stop, and they kind of knew, or we kind of knew that Siakam wouldn't be like the only guy they had to lean on. They needed Kawhi and Serge on the stretch to make those shots, and they didn't. So another credit to the Bucks on defense for that. The reason why Siakam is so good against the Bucks is because his game fits exactly what the Bucks want you to do, but he does it so well. I mean, the Bucks force you into those weird mid-range shots, and 
Siakam is really, really good at around the rim and in the mid-range and getting to the hoop in the mid-range too. He doesn't settle for floaters. He's a big guy. So his game, I mean, it kind of fits what the Bucks want to do, but the Bucks are fine with that. If he goes off, that's fine. No one else is going to go off, and they did that last night uh, on the back of a well-rounded defensive performance. Um, I would be uh, upset with myself if I did not talk about DJ Wilson. DJ Wilson with 16 points in 22 minutes, an absolute spark plug off the bench for the Bucks um, in the game in totality, offensively and defensively. I mean, yeah, DJ kind of had a little offensive spell after he kind of bursted onto the scene, uh, took a step back. But if he can step up in big games like that with his like body type and his length, what he can do defensively and his effort, I mean, it's just another notch in the Bucks' belt that they can use in the playoffs. I mean, because that's what this is all about, is Budenholzer's been changing his bench around. He's been moving, you know, all right, DJ's going to play a little bit more. Sterling's going to get a little more clock. And then, you know, two weeks later, Tony Snell's getting more clock. Pat's getting more clock. He's getting all these guys ready for the playoffs because when you're in the playoffs, you're going to have a deep, deep bench that can play against a lot of different teams. Well, and I was able to watch him in the uh, Big Ten tournament and the NCAAs, you know, when he was finishing his career at Michigan before he left. And I thought that he had the potential and the body type and skill set to actually become something. But I don't know if any Bucks fans, after watching him before he kind of burst out, would have expected this, at least so quickly. It's been, it's been really impressive. I think that he will put on some muscle and eventually be able to develop it with consistency. But Dylan, you're exactly right. I mean, they obviously have the star power, such a great starting lineup. But when you're able to pull some, you know, unique, unpredictable pieces off of that bench and have a reliable eight to nine guys at least every game that can help you on both sides of the floor, that's huge. And and that also brings up a point. I'm not sure what exactly is going on with, you know, the possible trade request and whatnot. But I do think that Thon might finally deserve to get some of Ursan's minutes just because he's really struggled for the last He's been unplayable. Games. Since he broke his nose, he's been unplayable except for the couple, the three charges he takes. Like, you Honestly. know what I mean? And, he, and he, those, he, are, those are hit or miss. I mean, you can't get those every time. And his shot has looked terrible. He's great against bad teams. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not sure how many wide-open threes I've seen Ursan shoot these last how many several games, but he's missed all of them. Like, how, how many how many wide-open threes has he made these, these last few games since he's come back from his broken nose? I mean, once the mask. Made, it, it's bad. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, and yeah, I agree with Nick on this. You should uh, give Thon Makers some more minutes, and he'll bring you a lot of energy, too. He's not obviously going to be the charge master that Ursan is, but it'll provide better shooting, especially on the three-point line, because Yas, I mean, Yas, Ursan can't see as well. What do your guys take on Christian Wood? I'm I'm a big Christian Wood av- advocate. I, I love the guy. I think that there's no reason if you're not playing Thon Maker that you shouldn't have Christian Wood on your bench because there are some nights where the Bucks, albeit the bench was good against the Raptors, there are some nights where the Bucks bench needs a scoring bu- bump. And Christian Wood can do that. So I'm just saying, if your plan is not to play Thon Maker right now, I couldn't. I could see the Bucks, you know, giving him like a Christian Wood a two week run, 
and just seeing what happens. Because it's like, I get like his defensive concerns is like really bad in the G League and stuff, but I don't know. I mean, I think that could be an option. Dylan, I I hear you, and I know that you're a big Christian Wood guy just based off of some of your tweets and stuff. I love his skill set, and I think that I would agree with you in that ninth or tenth man role with Urson playing so poorly. If you're not going to give Thon run, then yeah, I don't think it would hurt uh, you to give Wood some run, even in just like three to four minute increments to see what he can do. Yeah, especially against some of the more lackluster teams that they're about to have at home after the road trip. Uh, in I think it's you know kind of toward the middle or end of February um, outside of the really good teams. But I, I just, I think part of it is also this Bucks team is showing how good they really are and that they are a legit championship contender. And Absolutely. I think as you see with, with Bud, with what he does with his bench, he likes to roll with what's doing well right now. And I think that part of it is he feels that there's no real reason for the plug and play with Wood right now as they are, you know, like the hottest team in the league. Right. Yeah, and you mentioned it, Nick, that Bud likes to roll with the guys that are playing well, maybe except Ursan. But the reason he plugs Ursan in there is because he's experienced, he's a veteran. So, I mean, charge master. Are, yeah, charge master too. So, coaches, <laughs> co- that, I mean, that really appeals to coaches, the more exper- the more uh, veteran experience you have and what uh, the little things they can do that really don't appear on the statute. And that's why – uh, Coach Bud plugs uh, plugs Ursine in there sometimes, but he only played seven minutes last night. So obviously he knew something wasn't right with Ursine and played a lot more DJ Wilson, which was the right call. Um, do you guys? I have a question for you guys. Do you think DJ Wilson's our best six man right now? That's tough. That's really I, a tough question. I, I think, I think that he's got the the skill set and the capability to be absolutely. I think right now, just from watching. Uh, these guys throughout their career, um, I think I, I think I'd probably trust guys like Snell and Hill with, with more minutes a little bit, just because you know that they're also going to provide the the consistency on the defensive end, especially around the perimeter. But I mean, yeah, I think that Wilson at least has the, the best moments and the biggest spurts for sure. I would say that, Tyler. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, when Nick, like you said, when he was at the Big Ten tournament, I mean, that was his tournament. I mean, that's what put him on the map right there. I mean, mm-hmm. that guy can – he he plays really good sometimes. And I think when he feels comfortable in a situation, uh, you know, and when he hits his first couple shots, I mean, he's a rhythm guy. You could tell for sure. Like, right. if he's not feeling good, it's not going in, you know. So when DJ Wilson oh, yeah. has his feet set and – you know, Budenholzer sees this, obviously, you know, all right, DJ's knocked down, whatever it was. He had eight points, like, just like that. And, you know, I mean, they rode with him, and he did well on the defensive end of the floor, too, which that's all you can really ask for. Um, So we talked about the uh, Raptors game a little bit. Uh, any other notes you guys want to wrap up about that before we discuss the Wizards game really quick? I mean, I guess this is more – this is more about uh, the Raptors, I guess, than the Bucks. But I mean, similar to the Bucks and a lot of the Eastern Conference teams, I'm really, I'm curious to see what they look like in the playoffs because there are a lot of times where the Raptors' starting lineup, you know, their shots off, they get behind, 
And their bench is the lineup that brings them back into games, which was part of it, not completely, but part of the run last night with guys like DeLone Wright and Fred Van Vliet, a fellow Rockford native there. So I'm just, I'm interested to see if they can actually look like a competent team in the playoffs. I think that we're all pretty confident that the Bucs can. And I mean, yeah, just kind of wrapping that game up. Um, I always get pretty, pretty amped for the playoffs, but I think that this, you know, the top four in the Eastern Conference is going to be very fun come late March, early April in that final push. I know that the Raptors, like you mentioned, they're resting Kawhi on some days, but I think the guys, like you said, are getting quite the rapport when Kawhi is out and they're finding out that they're doing just fine when he's not in there. And when he does get in there, it kind of changes a little bit if you really watch them closely I, it, it does no i mean no it ab- it absolutely does because because Kawhi is so used to that that slower game that he played in san antonio yeah he likes to dribble around find his spot and get to like the 12 to 15 footer from the mid-range or like the the corner three and you can't always get that especially when when you have such young guards that he's playing with and I'm also going to say, I think that they actually kind of miss Jakob Pertl, who they dealt to San Antonio, because he was like the third most efficient player on that team in terms Absolutely. of the match. In terms of the yeah, match. no, he was uh, he was definitely a big piece in that trade, uh, for sure. So, uh, Tyler, any last thoughts on the Raptors? About the game last night, yeah, I, I just think that Last night proves that the Bucks are the best team in the Eastern Conference and perhaps all the NBA. I mean, we're not going to really know if the Bucks are better than Golden State until if they actually face them in the NBA Finals and the outcome of that. But because everyone's going to say, yeah, Golden State's going to be the better team because they have three championships in the last four years. But last night just really proves, I think, that the Bucks are the best team in the Eastern Conference. They took the season series 3-1 to one, and they swept them in Toronto. Uh, Winslow uh, and Toronto is what have they lost four or five games at home? Yeah, I think that I think that was their their fifth. So yeah, they're and the Bucks won. The Bucks swept them in Toronto. That's really saying something. And uh, both times too, they were in Toronto. They really hit the big shots down the stretch. Dill, I have I have a quick question. If that's okay, who who are you actually most afraid of in the Eastern Conference? Boston. I'd say Boston. I, I say Boston because of a couple of things. I think the Raptors, I think the Bucks have no psychological problem over the Raptors. I think losing a series like Boston last year can motivate a team, but I think that Boston has a play the player in the Eastern Conference that if I'm saying, all right, say the Bucks and Celtics, I mean, I don't think the I'm, obviously, the Bucks are re- playing very well, but that's probably a six or seven game series in the playoffs. And if I'm thinking of who's going to be that guy that's going to hit that big shot to put their team over the top, I'm thinking it's Kyrie Irving. Kyrie, yeah, that's that's kind of what I ex- I expected you to say. Um, and Tyler, I'd like to hear what you think too. I would agree with Boston because Dylan, what you said the series last year, um, although he hasn't been. Perfect. I still like Stevens as an X's and O's guy. I think they've got the talent, and similar to the Bucks and Raptors, they can play defense to get them back in the game, especially when they're rolling with 
a bigger lineup with guys like Morris and Baines in there. That being said, I think that the 76ers actually have the highest ceiling. The, they're the they're the more likely team to beat them. They have the better talent to beat them, or are you saying you have the most confidence in them to beat them? I, I'm saying I'm saying for the Bucks, I think that the Celtics, I agree, are like their biggest quote unquote threat in a series. But I think that right now, out of those teams we mentioned, the Sixers are playing the best ball, and because of their star power, I think that they might have the highest ceiling out of like Celtics, Raptors, Sixers. Okay, that makes we can, sense. We can count out the Pacers now. Sorry, <laughs> I feel bad. Yeah, I feel bad for the Pacers too and all the people. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna agree with both of you too. Celtics do scare me the most. Just uh, Brad Stevens is a very good coach at getting in the team's head. I proved that last year in the playoffs, um, and he did that the first game this year. Um, Celtics, they made, what, over 23-pointers? Yeah, yeah game, it was that, a lot. That game that, was crazy, but yeah. That, that was crazy. I, th- I think the Bucs only lost by four or five. Yeah, uh, four points. Yeah, so the Bucs definitely do have a chance, I mean, if they do face off in the playoffs. I, I think I'll still give the advantage to the Bucs because Boston's not going to make 24 three-pointers every single game. So if they hold that down in check, I think I think the Bucks have a very good chance. But I would say Boston just because of the psychological advantages that Brad Stevens can put on the opposing team. I and think his another, players and his talent and his defense. I think another thing that in that Celtic series that is we'd have to talk about if and this is all hypothetical, of course. Well, how's Eric Bledsoe going to respond? <laughs> I mean, I was, Dylan, that's what prompted. The question for me a couple of days ago, actually, when you asked <laughs> me about the pod, all of the the Bledsoe and Rogier stuff, I think I think that's an awesome storyline. And you know, another reason I give the nod to the Celtics is because they've got different bodies you can throw at Giannis. Sure, you know, Ojale, Morris, yeah, the thick the thick guys like Ojale and Morris. They've got the Longer athletic guys like Jalen Brown, Horford did a good job. So mm-hmm. I just I figured that that'd be interesting. And I think, like I said, that final four is gonna be a lot of fun in the East. Yeah, and they got Marcus Smart too, who will flop for days. So that can also get into the head of the Bucks. But yeah, Eric Bledsoe, he's gonna have to play, if they do face off in the playoffs, Eric Bledsoe is gonna have to really step up in that lackluster performance he did last year. Gentlemen, I will tell you something. The Bucks have not won a playoff series since 2001, so I'm going to try to get through past the first round before I anoint the Bucks to the Eastern Conference Finals, although I do think that they will get there. That's, dude, <laughs> that's, that's incredibly fair, and, and normally, as just like an analyst, I would be right with you, but I just think the bottom two or three teams in the East oh, they're are terrible. so bad. Like, I think the only one that could – Honestly, maybe even win a game is Brooklyn. Yeah, there's no really good teams down there. Because, uh, I, I mean, like Brooklyn, though. I don't know. I love what they're doing, but the Heat are literally so bad. They have a negative net rating. And the Hornets, they have maybe one and a half consistent players because they usually get Kemba and then another guy on the perimeter like Lamb or Monk stepping up. Like, they're just – they've got some fun players, like highlight guys like Monk and Bridges, but 
they're not a very good team. That that's why I'm I'm kind of giving them that first series for sure, Dylan. Hopefully. All right. Well, so the Bucks uh will play Saturday against the Washington Wizards uh at Washington. Um the last time they played the Bucks actually lost to the Wizards 113 to 106 uh on Friday, January 11th. Um and that was right when uh I believe right when after John Wall got hurt and the Wizards started to go on their little tear. Yeah, um, I think it was the second game without him, yeah. Um this is a big game for the Bucks because I think, you know, they've done a pretty good job this year of uh, not letting down after big games, which was a huge problem in the past for Bucks. I mean, if when I was with Al talking to him on last podcast, he he had mentioned, oh, if the Bucks beat someone big, they're guaranteed to lose the next game. No matter who they were playing, they would lose. So that's a big test for them, especially since they lost to the Wizards last time. Um Bradley Beal obviously is fantastic. They're without John Wall still. Um, Otto Porter has been playing better. Um, I'm not really. I, don't, I think we're gonna win. I'm pretty confident that we're just gonna kind of ride this emotional high all the way to the All Star break. Um, but what do you guys kind of think about the game tomorrow? I definitely agree that the Bucks should win. Uh, I think that as long as the Bucks throw some length at Beal, that should make things difficult. He has been at an incredible pace. He's actually a guy I really like to watch, and he's got a chance to be the Eastern Conference Player of the Month for January. Like, he was putting up some ridiculous numbers. Um, I think that the Bucks bench has to be ready for some extended minutes against guys like Tomas Sadoransky. That's actually been putting up some pretty solid numbers per 36. Um, but... I mean, yeah, the Wizards, they just they don't have, you know, the firepower and the overall talent. I mean, a guy like Thomas Bryant has been a nice story. He's a big rebounder energy guy uh, that, that's put up some decent scoring numbers. But I agree. I think, I think the Bucks are just the better, more talented team. And I, I think they should get, get the win there. I think the Brooklyn game will be a bigger test. Yeah, Coach Quad this year has been really good against teams where they lost to that team before the game before, and then they rebounded the game after. I, I expect that tomorrow. Washington last game, they made 18 three-pointers. I mean, they went off on threes. They've been stopped, and the Bucks lost by seven, was it? Six or seven? Yeah, it was, uh, a, it was a good game. Seven. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, they lost by seven. They allowed 18 three-pointers. So the Bucks stay competitive. <laughs> The, the only way, usually the only way the Bucks lose games is that they play pretty bad defense. And they did leave a lot of wide open threes to the Wizards last time. Uh, hence the reason they made 18 of them. But so I ex- expect the Bucks to really uh, hold the Wizards uh, to lower three pointers, made three point percentages, all that stuff. And Milwaukee should come out on top. I don't think there's really any question that the Bucks are the better team here. I, um, I, don't think, I don't think there's an excuse for them to lose again to Washington. No, and you know, there's you kinda one got other it. guy I like off that bench just just for the Bucks to look out for. Oh, I know who it is. Who's that? I know who it is. It's your boy. Decker. I mean <laughs> he, he seems he seems like he's found a little niche in in this Washington team. So yeah, he always provides energy. He's got the athleticism. Him and Jeff Green can actually put up decent numbers. So that's that's why I say that 
I'm more worried about the Bucks bench defense. I'm Bam. telling you, if uh, I'm telling you, if the Wizards had two solid superstars, they would have a lot of nice supporting pieces for a good team. They I would. mean, Trevor Ariza, Jeff Green, Decker's a nice piece, Adaransky. Um, you know, <laughs> I think uh, that they're just obviously that John Wall situation is gonna haunt them for quite some time. I mean, John's a, John's a good player. I just think that he's just you know. I just don't think – I think too many things are clashing there in Washington. And he's a guy whose game, other than, you know, not being a terrible three-point shooter anymore, he's a guy whose game I don't think has really leveled up throughout his prime. I think he just – he hit that he hit that spot as like a crazy good passer, reliable driver, like his third or fourth year. And I don't think he's added that much to his game. All right. Well, I want to thank you guys for joining me on this edition of the Cream City Cast. Always fun to talk uh, Bucks with you guys. Uh, I was joined by Nick Osen at the Real Nick Osen on Twitter and Tyler Jove at Tyler Jove Reporting um, as well. So thank you guys for coming on once again. And uh, I'm sure we'll be hearing some, from some more of you uh, on Cream City Cast to come soon. I hope so, man. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Dylan. Sure, absolutely. I'll be back on soon. Thanks a lot, man. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to this edition of the Cream City Cast. I was your host, Dylan Piccolo. You can follow me on Twitter at DP double underscore hoops. Always check out the cool content we have at CreamCityCentral.com. You can follow them on Twitter at CreamCityCentral as well. So we want to thank you. We'll talk to you on Sunday for a post game of the Wizards and pregame, a very important Brooklyn matchup, which should be uh, a nice test and potentially a playoff preview. So thank you guys once again and go Bucks.